Hello everybody, welcome to Sonic Talk episode 690, recording today on uh, Wednesday the 3rd of November the 2021. This is a music technology podcast, we talk about all things to do with music technology uh, and uh, music distribution, uh, software synthesizers, recording, all that kind of stuff and we have, as usual, have an excellent panel of guests who I will get over to in a second. I want to say thank you very much to everybody who's watching live on YouTube live stream. We're also streaming live on Facebook and Twitch and IRC, uh, which we've got a new server. Hope that's working for everybody. We've got plans for that. And also those of you over on Discord, nice to see, uh, I think, Kent, Kent Spong and Synth Addict and various people in the chat room. Nice to see you. Thanks for joining us. I uh, also want to say, if you're interested, you can f- follow this on uh, in audio. It's on iTunes. It's on Google Podcasts. It's on Alexa. It's on Amazon. It's on all those places where you might hear audio podcasts. And if you feel the need to uh, support, support, we've got a Patreon, which are welcome to join us. In fact, if you uh, join our upper tier before the end of the programme, it's a very good chance your name will appear in lights at the end of the show. But... Uh, not only that, you get lots of extra content, including uh, patch demos, ad-free versions, pre-show of Sonic Talk, a whole lot of other things. So feel free to join us. And uh, I think I've got a button for that. Yeah, I've got a button just there. But Patreon.com forward slash Sonic State, all welcome. So uh, let's get on to some guests. We've got our friends. Uh, Why well, I don't know where to begin. We've got, we've got a couple of people that we haven't had for ages. Maybe we'll start with Mr. Dave Spears of G4 Software, who's over there in his uh, studio with some nice, it looks like you've got some nice hue lighting there going on. What's up, Dave? Yeah, yeah, lots. Uh, yeah, I'm all right, thank you. Excellent. Uh, you're looking. Your your lockdown hair is uh, is increasing in, uh, in in volume right there, Dave. I mean, I must say you're putting most of the panelists to shame. Um, being one of the only few remaining music technology uh, personalities with a head of hair, so you know, good for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I won't. I won't. I won't turn round. But uh, <laughs> I think I was saying before. It started as a joke during lockdown because I was like, when it's a middle-aged bloke, you know, he's losing it on the back, uh, going to get a chance to be ludicrous again. Uh, so I did. And uh, actually, it was funny. Well, it wasn't It wasn't a funny occasion. I was at Chris Huggett's memorial do uh, a couple of Sundays ago, and Gaz was there. And, of course, we were masked. And Gaz was like, I would have walked right by you. I wouldn't have recognised you. Anyway, it was funny. Afterwards, I was saying, you know, I, I said... Well, it started out as a joke because everyone was like, dude, I can't believe your hair. And Chris McLeod just piped up and it's just got even funnier since. So I think that was fairly apt. Ah, that well, lifted you, the spirits a bit. I noticed you've got a Nagra back there. Is that uh, That's a very tasty... Is that a Nagra? A portable recorder? Yeah. I say portable. Yeah, I mean, in, in 1970s slash 80s terms, that is. <laughs> yeah, it's not mine, unfortunately. I borrowed it, but... Uh, yeah, it was funny, actually. A video guy came round uh, to see me and went, oh, God, I remember traipsing across Kenya doing a, a documentary with one of these. And it screwed my back. But oh, I can imagine yeah, back I can in the imagine. day. Yeah, I've got I've got hankering after the, the one that Heinbach's gone, which is the sort of more, it's, I don't know, it's a Nagra, uh, like, spy recorder, which is about this, well, it's still pretty big, but it's a beaut. It's the thing that they have on the Mission Impossible original, this message will self-destruct in five min, five seconds or whatever it is. I think that's what I want, but I'm never going to be able to afford one of They're those. They're beautifully engineered. They Aren't really they? are beautiful things aren't they aren't they yes uh, well um anyway lovely to have you dave uh we, we should also get a, and say hello to mr 
Rich Hilton. Rich Hilton we haven't seen for ages either. Rich has been on the road with Chic, where he, he mans the controls of the keyboards as well as doing various studio duties uh, all over the world. How are you, Rich? Thank you. I'm well. Doing well. Excellent. I'm glad to hear that. That sounds good. I'm just, I've got to, I need to, I think I might just need to just, just give you a bit of extra gain this end. Cause yeah, I turned end, down a little bit as per your suggestion. Yeah. It was just driving. So I've got that. So anyway, yeah, let's, yeah. let's bring that up. Anyway, lovely to have you, Rich. Um, so you, you're having a, a period at home, which must be kind of nice after all the travelling. It's, it's weird, isn't it, getting out? Because we were talking pre-show about the whole concept of it's great to be out there and shows happening, but it still feels like, you know, one needs to, to take care. And, and I guess, you know, with an operation like yours, when it's on the road, you're probably being protected heavily because if one of you goes down, then the shows can't happen. So, you know, it must be a, a kind of a weird world. I think that's true for everybody who's actually out there playing shows. You have yeah. to really be careful. And uh, unfortunately, your social opportunities are somewhat more limited than usual. And uh, just try to count your blessings and play good shows. That's yeah my my way of getting through it and uh apologize a lot to people who you can't you know <laughs> hang out with <laughs> yeah 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 I, I get that well lovely to have you here at least we can we can have you to ourselves for almost an hour or more anyway um i want to say hi to uh i think we got alex ball in the chat room who is actually featuring in a couple of topics this week <laughs> so nice to have uh, the horse's mouth as it were uh Mr. Matt Hodson, a.k.a. Maths, Maths, Maths. How are you? Um, Hello. I, you yeah. I, nice to see you too. Of course, educator, uh, producer, artistic performer. You've actually got... And, and looks like your modular case has, uh, has been slapped onto the wall. Was it some kind of terrible accident <laughs> with glue or no, was it uh, I, planned? I had multiple cases and I decided to combine it all into one. So um, I had these built for me. These are two two separate cases and just putting all just getting around to putting all the modules in it and yeah it's bolted to the wall um which makes it convenient for me because i like to be stood up it's i'm stood up now so you can see how high it is and um i'm just sick of sitting down so much and i just realized that you know i just that's all i need really i've got a little desk in front of it and um it's just a, it's a just a really simple workflow for me i've just really simplified everything that i had around me so um, yeah, I'm really happy with these. Really happy with them. Got um, a guy designed them actually on on Etsy. Weirdly enough, just send him what you want, dimensions, put all the power in, shipped it to me in a crate, um, and here they are. Really happy with it. Done a great job. I wish I could remember the name. I'll give them a shout out, but I can't. Excellent. Well, I'm glad you're busy. You've, you've got a lot on, haven't you? I've, I see you've got a yeah. track coming up, and, and I might actually be able to. Yeah, I just just released a track um, as part of my monthly release track a month jobby, which I've been doing. So I've I've made it to November. I've got two more to go, and I'll have done twelve for this year. So uh, I didn't know if I was going to make it. So I'll release the last one. I think on Friday. And um, so yeah, two more to do, and then I think what I'm going to do is release them all on vinyl. As, a, oh. as an album, when well, that, you can get vinyl. Yeah, well, um, I was going to say, that sounds like it might be a bit of a, uh, a task just because yeah. it's so hard to actually get hold or get vinyl made and kind of sent back yeah. out again, right? And what I thought I'd do as well is do a little video just talking about actually the benefits of releasing one track a month as an independent artist and um, 
what that's actually meant for things like socials and sales and audience and growth and all that kind of stuff, just to give everyone a bit of feedback on this this experiment I've been doing this year. Yeah, that's a good so, plan. I mean, I think because I mean, everybody's looking for kind of ways to make it work. As we know, I mean, the, the whole sort of album cycle is it takes a lot of commitment. And it's also once you've kind of started, you're kind of stuck. You know, it's like it won't be out till yeah. next September and you can't hear anything until we've finished stuff. So in many ways, it's quite an interesting workflow that you've you've figured out there. So, yeah, that'd be great. Love to hear that. Let us know. Yeah, I'll let you know. When, um, yeah, there's a video premiering on Friday of a live gig that I did when I was supporting Rival Consoles last month as well, which I think is on Friday night, 7 o'clock. So uh, I've just finished editing and uploading that. There it that. is. There it is, yes. Oh, look. Premieres in two days, in fact. Uh, and that is the, uh, that's the URL right there, So, uh, which I'll put oh, in, thanks, Nick. in again. That's no problem. Okay, um, right. Let's see. I guess we've got topics then. Um, there is actually news, uh, which is good. Uh, actually, before I do that, I want to plug the old uh, uh, Sonic album because... Everybody here, uh, well, Dave didn't because he was busy, but everybody else here has put a track on the Sonic album and it's still there and it's still extremely good value and I would thoroughly recommend you check it out. The link is in the comments and all those other places anyway. Uh, right, let's, well, I mean... There's, there's been all sorts of shenanigans, haven't there? There's, uh, we've now got uh, the news... Uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, Personas have been acquired by uh, Fender which I didn't actually have a video to play. There's not much to say, really, but this is big news. I mean, Fender, massive American company. Personas, pretty big American company with a huge roster and portfolio of uh, products from a really successful um, uh, uh, Studio One, DAW, to live reinforcement, to sound interfaces, to all kinds of stuff. And this, I, mean, I was trying to find a number. Sadly, there is no number, but uh, and I couldn't find a number of like what their even annual turnover. Somebody said it, I found something that said sixty-four million dollars a year. So whatever the multiplier is, this has got to be a really big deal. Obviously, uh, we have to wait for the uh, various you know, bodies to do their due diligence and, you know, to, to the American uh, business governmental stuff to say whether it's okay. But this could actually be, I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me. I don't know, Rich, you are an American, so it feels fair enough I would come to you. They're both American companies. So, I, I mean, I'm not asking you to represent either of them, but, I mean, this is quite a big deal. I'm, I'm, I was kind of surprised to hear it, but I guess it makes sense, right? I guess it makes sense. Uh, there's a lot of this going on these days. Um, we know that Native Instruments, for example, acquired Isotope, uh, which is not a hardware company, but nevertheless, there's this acquisition activity seems to be uh, in in force these days. And as for this one, well, there could be some really really positive outcomes beyond getting a free version of Studio One beginner with your Fender guitar. Um, there might be some other really interesting uh, ramifications, hopefully, because I have such respect for PreSonus as a company and their products in general. I hope that they are basically left to do what they do best and uh, bolstered by uh, additional financial support in the development process by their associations with Fender. And in the meantime, they will be this cross-pollinating of product, like I just said, where they give away whatever, a copy of Studio One Beginner with a Fender product and then also try to sell you an interface designed specifically for guitarists, not unlike something that Apogee has in their product line called Jam. True. So yeah, there's there's the possibility for any 
number of cross-pollinated products. But ultimately, what I'm hoping is that Fender uh, is a positive contributor to their uh, financial development and product development, therefore, and uh, that we see more really good things from PreSonus because I think they've got some very cool products. So the, the price versus uh, performance ratio with them tends to be very, very good. Uh, you get a lot of performance for not a lot of money. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the one thing that I think is, must be a big factor in this is obviously they've made really big inroads into uh, professional music production from a software point of view. Studio One has been immensely successful for them, and it really kind of filled a void that Pro Tools users were finding, I think, <laughs> at a specific time. And so the trajectory kind of while, while Pro Tools got used to the whole subscription and changing kind of shape of the way that they were doing things. I think a lot of Studio One uh, people pick, you know, picked up. I wonder whether or not also, I mean, you, you think, I mean, while Fender uh, is more of a sort of lifestyle, one could argue, the brand is being used to kind of, for, for sort of more lifestyle stuff, whether the fact that there's there's almost like a sort of ceiling that, that's been reached with the evolution of guitars because you know there's so much you can't you can't make you can't make guitars out of certain beautiful kinds of wood quite rightly because it's you know it's it, the, the materials have become less available so there needs to be a sort of a, a movement somewhere with a company like uh, Fender where they can grow into much more areas and it makes a lot of sense that way I don't know uh, Matt um, um, are you do you think it's got, do you have any opinions on this I mean I uh, guess a lot of this stuff yeah. appears in your college and you see the the personas things i mean hopefully it'll all just carry on as normal and it'll just be better uh yeah it does make you wonder and like rich says it, it, the, it it's interesting to see what maybe trajectory they're going to go on with this um and you know if we're going to see a little bit more integration and deals between instruments and software and hardware i mean you know um i don't know if you all saw the leak recently of the uh, guitar with the DAW in it from preset. No, I'm joking. But um, <laughs> yeah, that would, that would be interesting. But um, no, I guess, you know, you can kind of compare it a little bit in some ways, you know, Apple doing the hardware and the software thing all together. And for a company like Fender to kind of have the hardware and, and the software as, as Rich points out, you know, there's the, there's the studio one that comes with it. There's the audio interfaces, there's mixing, there's PA equipment. There's, uh, I think they do quite a few MIDI controllers as well. Yeah, yeah, and lots of good stuff. Yeah, there's, there's a variety of stuff. So um, it, it's, a, it's a good company for them, I think, to acquire. Why PreSonus would want to sell as well is another question. Um, you know, was it out of necessity or was it maybe An they had a they couldn't refuse. <laughs> Yeah, or may maybe they had a vision for the company uh, of a way to do it, but it, they couldn't afford it. And it was only bringing in someone like Fender, who I guess have got a bob or two, uh, of been able to kind of help realize those dreams. So, yeah. um, I mean, it's only literally just happened, I think. So usually with these things, it's a good couple of years before you start seeing things happen. I mean, I remember, I think the, the, the biggest one that really we was talking about recently was the Native Instruments one, wasn't it? When... Didn't they get they or they got a lot of it funding? Uh, I don't know if they got bought out. No, I think the the, the company that that funded uh, uh, Isotope and up to a heavy yeah. degree also funded NI to create this kind of right. symbiosis. I don't know quite how it's been, but it. yeah, it's not it's not quite a merger, but it. I mean, it's more or less sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, um, 
and yet I guess we're still waiting for to see the fruition of what that that brings as well. Well, yeah, because like, we did the we did the the yeah. uh, the, the, the the what was it twenty five years of uh, Native Instruments where I was talking about that with Yerad yeah. last week, and it was quite. Of noticeable, which is actually thinking about it, there doesn't seem to have been many great leaps forward or new mm. products or stuff happening during lockdown, which which has been the case for a lot of people because they've been been actually the revenue's been great, so they've been investing in yeah. new development. It just doesn't seem to have been happening. So yeah, maybe I mean, that'll I have come to, soon. I have to say, I mean, things with like native instruments. Uh, I've worked at many universities, and and I know that we spend a lot of money every year updating would you believe it native instruments brings out the next update just around the time we're doing our budgeting they kind of cottoned on to when that is and i kind of wonder that if the education institutes are are really not keeping them afloat but certainly pumping a lot of money every year into native instruments just with the updates from one complete to the next to the uh, next yeah to the i next. would i would imagine that's true i know dave mergers and acquisitions it's an interesting uh, interesting kind of you know area i suppose do you think this i mean it makes sense i mean because i, I suppose in a lot of ways apple are showing the way by doing you know, by owning the entire kind of top to bottom, and it's like working out for them because they can do what what they want. They can they're not limited by, you know, having to incorporate other manufacturers and whatnot in it. Do you think this is going to be a good thing? I mean, it's I don't know any of the folks at Personas. I've heard that there's you know, some very smart people there, and we worked with them in the past. I think we that we did. Uh, we did a couple of shows where we were part of their live streaming stage at NAM. That was quite a long time ago, so they're pretty forward thinking back then. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people who use Studio One. What's it up to? Studio One Five or something? Now, yeah, I think it? so. Uh, and very good. I mean, obviously, you know, I use it for testing and stuff like that. Very, very good. Uh, it's an interesting. I mean, I, I was kind of, I was a little bit blown away, only because there's a history of guitar companies acquiring, yeah. let's say, software companies, and it not. Go In fact, it's bizarre. A million years ago, I was. Uh, I was coming back from Nam, and I get on the plane and I'm sat next to two guys who I didn't know. And one of them leans over and says, excuse me, do you know anything about sequencing packages? And I'm like, well, of all the people to sit next to on the plane, you're probably talking to somebody who does know something. Uh, and it transpired that uh, that was just when Gibson had bought Opcode. Ouch. And these Didn't guys were the UK distributors for Gibson guitars. And they were obviously, you know, the whole Opcode product line was being foisted on them. And it was like, if you don't take this, then we're probably going to remove the guitars from you, which was obviously a decent earner for them. So they were desperate. They basically, it was like 11 hours sat on a plane with these guys going, would you just come and run this side of the company for us? Because we <laughs> wouldn't know one end of a sequencer from the other. I was kind of tempted uh, but with hindsight, I'm really glad I didn't. I think you made uh, the I right choice, Dave. <laughs> oh, totally, yes. Um, yeah, I hope this is a lot more successful. It's and interesting. I don't see any reason why not. I think no. what you get now is both parties seem to do uh, a lot more due diligence on each other, not just the acquiring partner, but also the, the acquiry, as it were. And, and the fit has to be right. You know, if you spent, in this case, 25 years building up a product line and a reputation, you know, unless you're just trying to cash out, which I don't think people, I mean, hey, anyone who's in this industry just to cash out is in the wrong industry. But I think you have to kind of be very careful. And it, and these, these things take time before they're announced. So yeah. I have no doubt that there's been a lot of to and fro in the background. Yeah, I wish them luck. 
Yeah, well, I hope so. I mean, I just think we maybe we'll see more of this moving around. Uh, not only because a lot of companies, uh, I know this is perhaps getting a bit more into MI finance, but a lot of companies have been making good money while 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 the pandemic's on and that's not in a kind of cynical way it's just as people have been you know locked at home or not able to go they're going well i'm 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 really into being creative and they're starting to put money into things that make them happy you know and and mi companies can provide that sort of stuff so they they must have been making a decent you know amount of money and so maybe they've got some cash around in there i think we'll probably see a lot more of this stuff happening you know so minor movings around and whatnot and it may be good um it may be good because it means consolidation and, and and more strength in the in the industry as a whole i would say i would hope anyway uh, okay, well, uh, at this point, I should probably just have a quick word from our friends over at Isotope. Uh, they were mentioned briefly, uh, being uh, aligned with uh, Native Instruments, but this is more to do with the Music Producers Club. Isotope Producers Club is a one-of-a-kind membership for producers ready to take their tracks to the next level. Once you join, you'll gain access to powerhouse Isotope plugins and a curated selection of tools from our partners, such as Melodyne from Celimony. Plus, as long as you're a member, you'll get every future update to the Isotope plugins in your membership for no extra cost. We'll also regularly serve you new curated content like exclusive inspiration-sparking sample packs and preset packs, and industry-leading training ranging from our own tutorials to vocal production lessons from the world-renowned Berkeley Online, taught by Grammy-winning producer and engineer, Prince Charles Alexander. With new content being added every month full of valuable production techniques, tips and tricks, and solutions to common production problems, becoming a member is an investment in your career that grows as you and your career do. For more information on Isotope Producers Club, head to isotope.com. Well, I want to say thank you very much to Isotope for continuing to support the podcast. Very much appreciated. In fact, if you head over to uh, isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk, uh, you can access uh, a bunch of information about the music producer, the music production suite Pro, which actually gives you pro versions of, of the Isotope stuff, which is actually, well, advanced, in fact, um, which are pretty, that's the top end stuff. But also, while we're at it, uh, they've also got some sales on in terms of Black Friday. They've started, in fact, the high, Isotope Holiday Bundle Platinum Edition uh, is 99 bucks and makes other things. And if you're interested, and I did check this out because I, I thought I'll try this, uh, if you enter the coupon code uh, SONIC10 at checkout, look at that, you save an extra 10% on an already ridiculous deal. So uh, if you want to save yourself a bit wow. more money, uh, that doesn't apply to the subscriptions, but if you buy any stuff, that's a special one that's been uh, given to us by Isotope for Sonic Talk uh, listeners. So use the code SONIC10 at checkout for anything other than hardware and stuff. Oh, I'm hearing a Rhodes there. That's uh, a Rhodes sound, at least. Is that actually a Rhodes there, uh, Rich? Or is, it's almost topical. It's not actually a Rhodes. Ah. It is... My new old Roland uh, 88 note keyboard controller that I just purchased and I am in love with, and it has a serviceable Rhodes. Um, well, and maybe. I wasn't sure if my mic was on. 
<laughs> yeah, it is. I can confirm that it actually is. Well, maybe uh, we should. While we're at it, let's see if we let's go there. Uh, we've got. Uh, I'm gonna have to move. It seems to be in the t in the chat room at the moment that I'm reading. It does so, seem to uh, be in the chat room. All right. Well, let's let's go for. Might uh, as well. Let's do it. Might okay, as well so go this there. is the news of the new Rhodes Mark Eight, which is uh, a, a brand new uh, hardware Rhodes, lovingly made with all the kind of qualities and whatnot <clears> that you get in a Rhodes. Uh, it's uh, I think it's a six, not an eight, what is it? Uh, a six octave, uh, Rosemark eight, uh, five hundred limited run. It's starting at nine and a half grand, so it's a chunk of change. I was looking on Reverb to see what kind of proper vintage roads were going, and they were going for about seven thousand UK. So it's in the area, you know, of a, a pristine. I'm assuming that's pristine. It's a bunch of money, but it's also. Nice to see such an iconic machine. We're a friend of ours, uh, Dan Goldman, who uh, is a, actually used to do a lot of uh, roads restoration work and uh, whirly stuff, he's actually part of the team now, and I think he's involved. So I just wanted to mention that. And it, th th I think the thing is, is you, it's got uh, yeah six octaves, analog preamp, EQ drive, envelope pan with an, an extra effects op option. So it's got a, an, a, an analog preamp built into it. So it's it's about as peachy as a as a new roads can be but it's not it looks to me if you're looking at these uh images it looks to me like they're actually you know they're not cutting the corners they're still making it with all the kind of beautiful uh uh engineering and felt and you know the tines this kind of stuff that i'm not a roads player i'll, I'll come to you first dave because i know you know you roads it's the it's, it's the cornerstone of jazz funk right which is isn't that part of your your musical heritage I'm more of a yeah yeah I do love a Rhodes but I'm more of a whirly dude Donny Hathaway for me was the man so that's what I've spent my life trying to emulate um yeah fascinating I mean obviously Dan Dan has just been such a Rhodes aficionado and you know the kind of go-to guy over here in the UK if you need your Rhodes sorted and whatnot so I was I, I knew I'd heard about this a while ago and I was kind of wow okay this could be really cool uh, I guess if I had one hope, it would be some kind of MIDI out. That would be beautiful, but I don't think that's Doesn't look clean. like it. And maybe, you know, once they get their economies of scale sorted out, the, the price might start to come down. But, um, yeah, it does look lovely, and it does sound lovely. And, again, I kind of wish them all well, but it is quite a chunk of change isn't it it's a lot of cash isn't it i mean it's great again that uh, i mean a lot presumably a lot of smart people a lot of investors a lot of people who kind of put put their faith in this have, have done their done their due diligence and there's but they're in 500 there's probably there's probably easily you probably sell 150 of those to hire companies at least you know so i'm sure it will be a viable thing i'll come to you next rich because i know you know you must have you know you must have played the the classic combo of the roads with uh maybe a synthesizer on top of it at some point and uh, you know and a, a filter wire or whatever you know a, a, a fond memories do you think this is something that you would I, uh... I still have my mutron phaser oh from back in the day which uh you know is the joe zowell sound uh yes of course my first experience playing a fender Rhodes, i think was in 1972 uh, to put some perspective on it. I, I love this instrument and, um, I'm really excited about this product. I think they've, it looks to me like they've done a really good job though. Of course I need to sit down and play it. They claim to have made some advancements in the action, which is very interesting. 
um, because I know, given the pedigree of the people who are putting it together, that they wouldn't have wanted to change it that much because it's got a very distinctive feel and that goes into the way people play it and the kind of things you get out of it. And speaking of the action, I see a lot of discussion about why didn't the thing have MIDI? And I'm not mad about that. And here's why. Because the mechanical action keyboards I've used that did send MIDI, and I used to own a Yamaha CP50, uh, which had MIDI, I think they're really badly suited to it. And secondly, they always it always has some kind of effect on the design of the uh, of the actual uh, mechanical part of the keyboard almost by necessity. Um, and so it changes the feel of the thing. And I think if you're going to do something like this, you build the best version of the original design that you can. And it looks to me like they've done that. They've added a lot of features, electronic features, um, that I hold a healthy but optimistic skepticism about. Um, I'd like to see, uh, you know, I, I need yeah, to hear it, it, it and feel it. It does see. say, it does actually say starting at 9.5K, which I'm guessing is probably um, without that additional effects kind of insert thing. It's just the, the base model. I, I, there's no details on the actual website. I mean, it's if I just bring that up again quickly, I mean, it's literally, that's it. You know, there's just uh, sign up, be part of our community. There's no other details. But uh, yeah, I take your point, Rich. Um. It, it just, it looks like a great thing. It, at the way it's priced, it's almost like a collector's piece and a, yeah. and a trophy piece rather than something that tons of touring musicians are likely to buy and start using on the road. But maybe I'm wrong and go ahead and let me be wrong. Cause I'd love to see people. I'd like to see this succeed and I'd like to see people go back to using it. And it is wonderful, but the fact is that it's so easy to get outstanding road samples into whatever you're already running that uh, I think it's sort of a tough sell for your average, uh, yeah, fellow making music. There's got to there's got to be five hundred people out there's got to be five hundred people out there who who just really appreciate the feel of a proper Rhodes oh, keyboard, sure. and keyboard and and so yeah I'm sure it's going to work out for them but it, it's a chunk. That's for sure. Uh, I know, Matt, Matt are going to be getting one for the college. Do you think? I mean, you know, you probably got a, you probably got a grand piano there, which also uh, one of the facilities at least well, would cost probably ten times this. You know. Yeah, I mean, we could, we could get this, or we could get tables and chairs for the whole, you know, the whole institute. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of money, yeah. um, and something like this would be wasting on me. But some of the players at Vim is just they're just amazing. You walk walking around that institute. And just um, you just walk past all the different rooms, and just the amount of talent spewing out of those rooms—it's just just makes me feel like a completely failed musician, which I kind of am. That's why I mess around with this lot. Um, but I, I guess my what I was wondering more about this because I didn't realise until I was just looking at it again now. Because you get the EQ on this, you get the drive, you've got the effects. I think these are all the extras if you want. You've got this very pan. You've got wave shaping stuff going on. I mean, Rich, would you would you use all those kind of things? I mean, I guess you're you're using mainly a road sample when you're playing live. I guess you don't have a real road on stage. I'm just wondering, are you would you want that compressor? Right, saying that you're yeah. Would you want that compressor? Would that. you want all those effects or? 
Well, now that you mention it, I would not mind having them if they sound good and work well, but I have trouble. I didn't see a gain reduction meter on that compressor, and that yeah, right. gives me a, a little bit of a problem. I don't see any adjustable attack and decay. So if, it, if I turn the knob and it sounds good, cool. And that's really yeah. all they've put it there to do, sort of. I also imagine that those things exist in a fixed configuration in terms of what comes first and what comes last, but maybe I'm right. wrong about that too, because I just don't know. Um, having various modulation opportunities on board the instrument that make you feel like you've got a vintage stereo boss representation of a chorus or something like that, that would be fine. I don't, I don't mind. I just need to see it. I just need to feel it and hear it and experience yeah. it making my life better. Um, I, and I, I bet you it does. I'm wondering about uh, it, 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 it. We could see this kind of, can you imagine that it becomes a massive hit and they sell loads of them and that what they, but then they'll be taken out on the road and there'll be more work for uh, road crew and they'll be, you know, hiring people to lug roads about and up, up and downstairs again, you know, which would be, uh, which would be a kind of, uh, you know, not necessarily a bad thing, but kind of weird that it would uh, go in that direction, I suppose. Plenty of people are doing that, and they're bringing Hammond organs, and they're bringing giant keyboard rigs are sort of back in vogue in uh, jammier areas of the music business. You look at most of the young jam bands, and they're bringing Wurlitzer's Rhodes, Clavinets. They're bringing this. There's a tremendous romance about bringing all that stuff. And mm. and it's fun to play. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to uh, step on the idea because it really is a cool thing when you have it all. But yes, it's a tremendous amount of trouble for the crew. You have to sort of travel with the gear, which is very expensive. You can't really rent it like that. Um, so, just have to have one in every country, and then sort of you know when you go over, it's just like ship it. But I mean, that's why I think there'll probably be quite a lot of hire going on. Um, in terms of, you know, because I don't know what the maintenance on something like that, a kind of pristine 88 or 73 or whatever would be. It would be quite, probably quite considerable, I'd imagine. I mean, not seven grand, but over, you know, it'd be a while before a, a, a brand new one needs maintenance, I would hope. When I was uh, recording in 2019 at Abbey Road, of all places, I was playing their Fender Roads, and clearly it hadn't been serviced in a long time, so I had the lid off. And the harp tilted up and i was adjusting dampers so that the thing would be playable and the guys the technicians there who were watching me do this had clearly never been inside the thing and made comments like wow it's like working on a car um which, I, which made me laugh i guess it didn't make anybody else here laugh but it made me laugh at the time and yeah uh, i mean i've got i've got an ep 200 a here and uh the power's gone in it and i opened it up and i had to tune some of the the tines and kind of i was scraping bits of solder off those tines with with a scalpel to try and get them in tune and it was just like that's it's real tough it's Did tough, you, say the power's you know when gone they on. tell you so yeah i think so the Are, power's gone in it yeah, same Sorry. thing. When I, they tell I, you I, that one and the power went on on that, I don't know if that's a typical thing, but it seems like everyone I know who's had an EP two hundred power move it. Um, and it, mine never failed. Are we no. talking about Wurlitzer now? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I've got a Wurlitzer here. Yeah, yeah. I used to play a Wurlitzer on stage. I um, I never had power failure, but. The thing about tuning them is if you go too far, you can't go back. Even though they tell you you can, you can't. You try drop any solder on that thing and it'll be gone in 10 minutes. 
don't yeah think no i realized i mean i didn't have any choice because i think there was just something missing so i but i i, I did find a place where you could buy the reeds uh, at a reasonable cost rather than 30 quid each but i never got around to it i i mean i haven't switched it on for a while but i should do i should do it. it's actually it belonged to the corgis so it's got some provenance lovely old thing uh anyway lovely instrument yeah, really nice. Uh, but I wish them all well. I mean, hopefully it'll work out if you want to head over there and, you know, if you're interested, obviously you've got that sort of cash. Good on you. I mean, you know, not everybody does or very few people do. Let's, uh, let's take a look at this, though. I think everybody will be excited about this or maybe they won't. We'll see. This is the new Star Lab. Hey, this is Pete from Strymon. Find, find the link. Oh dear, I beg your pardon. I don't know what happened there. I'll play it again. I'm trying to find the link to put in there. I do beg your pardon. Hey, this is Pete from Strymon. I'm here with our new Starlab Time Warped Reverberator Eurorack Modular. Starlab is a very full... Yeah. I mean, this is kind of big deal. Every time Strymon brings something else out, people get excited because they've just got such a kind of pedigree. And they were amongst the first, well, or the second wave after, say, Eventide of this sort of superstar DSP uh, kind of hardware uh, that came out, you know, for, particularly for stuff that's otherworldly. Because as we know, Eventide have, have coined that for a long time, but they kind of made a real name for themselves. I'll come to you, Dave, because I know you're a big fan of Strymon. You've got an El Capitan, El Capistan, I know. It, what the one that's not the uh, o the OSX version? What's that one called? <laughs> uh, what have I got? El Capistan Dig, uh, Blue Sky, not the big Blue Sky. I like the simplicity of the little Blue Sky. No, I, I mean I love everything they do. It's just I don't. I haven't gone down the Eurocrack route. So uh, at first I was like, oh yeah, this looks cool, and then I was like, no, stay away, stay away from the Eurorack. Um, yeah, Eurorack. <laughs> it's interesting that they went for that first, there. isn't it? In interesting that they went for the uh, Eurorack version of this first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, obviously, it's pretty ubiquitous. Uh, but yeah, I'd love to try it. I mean, I like the idea of all the CV and stuff on it. Uh, but yes, it'll be a while before I get to it, I'm afraid. Uh, but could I put this in like a... a, like a pod or something and just use it on its own yeah is that, of course is that could. possible i think that's allowed okay how much is it 649 us <laughs> okay <laughs> that's what right. i'm looking for there we go there's the link sorry about all of that messing around but uh, yeah 649 which yeah, is i love this reasonable. stuff I know, uh, Matt. I'm guessing you know you po you gave me this once or, or mentioned it i imagine you might be getting kind of excited right yeah, well, I'm more excited about this than the Magneto, which was their first Eurorack module. I think it's probably about the same size, same HP, because they're quite big. Um, and the Magneto, yeah, a lot of people really excited about that. And I think you've just got delays on that. This one, you've got delay and really a big focus on reverb, different types of reverbs, filter. Modulation and filtering, yeah. Modulation. I think they've even introduced not just Shimmer on this one, Nick, but it's something called Glimmer. They um, had, they we, actually, they had Glimmer on the, uh, what's the, what, the, the, the black, the, what's the one I did? I can't remember, not Black Hole, Deep Space. I can't remember what the last the black one. Hole, the oh, black Hole, Chubby. Oh, okay. It, they had first that time, there, yeah. First time I'd noticed Glimmer, um, which they say creates an enhanced harmonic spectrum 
It does. So it's, I, it's, it's, I couldn't explain what it does exactly. I did review it, but I can't remember. Yeah. I know it sounded really good. And there's a lot of the same technology in this guy, uh, with in, certainly in terms with it's got an LFO built on board. But in the, uh, was it the black hole? I think it was called the black hole. I can't remember now. The, a lot of that stuff was double functioned and it was, it was in a pedal. Yeah. So this gives you way more control. And I imagine, I mean, listening to your latest release, uh, which uh, sounds quite ambient, I imagine this would fit right in. Yeah, defo. Um, although I've been pretty much up to date, uh, kind of with reverbs and delays, set it and leave it kind of thing. What, of course, what you've got here is you've got all these modulation inputs. So I guess uh, if I got one of these, I'd have to ask myself, am I really going to be modulating the heck out of delay times and shimmer and filtering and maybe... Maybe I would. I need to give that a go. It's not an area I've really ex explored, and I think, I think actually, uh, it can open up so many avenues for music production when you start using things like reverbs and delays instead of just a kind of set it and leave it kind of thing. And mm. you know, I, I can imagine kind of sequencing some of these modulation inputs and sending the whole thing through distortion, and then that through a VCA and sequencing that. Um, well, there, there's pitch quantos. There was uh, sequencing yeah. on the uh, black hole. I've just noticed this here, actually. There's a, a save button, uh, favourite, which means, because there's no real indication of memories on there, but it looks like it does have some, which I think if that could, cool. be, if that could be kind of <coughs> triggered with something and also then modulated, then it could form the basis of something quite integrated yeah. in terms of you know live performance i guess as well right yeah um this is my favorite the el capistan i this is just an amazing stereo in stereo out i think dave said he's got this one as well but uh i use this with modular and oh, it's just so vibey oh it's mono in stereo out and um oh god i just love it i mean i used to want to have a space echo until i kind of got one of these and all right, it's a bit different, but I think it sounds absolutely phenomenal, actually. I just, I just want to throw this in. Uh, Heathcliff in the chat room has said, all that shimmers is not gold, which I think is just a great uh, catchphrase. <laughs> 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 nicely, nice, nicely put in there. Um, Rich, I mean, there's these sort of classy algorithms with all this control. I mean, it almost feels a little bit of a shame that... Uh, it's going straight to modular. I mean, they must be putting this in a pedal, but I guess you wouldn't have all of these kind of gazintas and gazoutas, as I know you like to put it sometimes. Well, yeah, but they have a pretty full-featured line of pedal-based stuff, as I understand yeah. it, and I've never operated one. But I spent some time listening to this thing in their demos, and it sounds awesome. And the fact that it does, as Matt led us to allow for tempo-based modulations in a reverb environment could be very interesting. I've never really considered that much before because like Matt, I'm more tempted to find an ambience I like and stick it on something and walk away and do something else. And uh, it, the ability to do modular types of behaviors and tempo-driven modulations within a reverb environment of that quality is exactly why I think it belongs in the world is because you can't do that really with a pedal. And uh, 
And let's see somebody blow us away with that, because that's a really interesting possibility. I don't normally think of modulating. I've never even given it much thought, modulating reverb parameters in a time-based environment. So I think it's actually a really cool possibility mm. in terms of adding it to one's rig. And I'm quite intrigued by it. And I really love the way the demos sound. The, yeah. And they've, I like the way they executed them too, because you can really tell what the thing's doing. The excellently named, uh, I'm just trying to see what he was called. Uh, it's uh, Pete Chelly, uh, which is a great name for a sound designer, um, particularly if you're working with strings. Bada boom! There we go. I had to say. <laughs> yeah. I had to I say. Think, <laughs> it's got to be said. I like. I like the fact in the demos they show actually what a kind of intricate uh, device this is, rather than your big, massive reverbs, which this can do. But you see in the demos actually, there's so much intricacies you can do with it, with the yeah. filtering, the glimmer, the shimmer, the reverb types, and the modulation. It actually becomes very, very intricate and very nuanced as well as opposed to your just whack on your big reverb and, yeah. and off you go kind of thing so um yeah i'm really the, i'm really excited about this one it's the night sky i was looking for not the black hole night, night sky. sky. that's the thing i reviewed i reviewed that and I, actually i i'll tell the story just because it makes me feel uh, feel wanted where i did a demo and i was playing some stuff and there were some really nice things where you can map uh these um these parameters to to sort of morph and i mapped uh, this this pitch so it went up through the reverb and i had this it was just a really i think i was using the cobalt eight and the blues really matched and i got a message from peter gabriel's main engineer and he said oh peter really liked that music and i was like yes that's it <laughs> all <laughs> right it. excellent all right i was super pleased with that um that i actually they even bothered to say uh, and, and i sent the wavs immediately said if there's any i'll come over and do a session anytime no problem um <laughs> Okay, uh, well, you should probably. Uh, I did mention that uh, Alex was was in a couple of the things uh, this week. Alex Ball, who's been in the chat room, and I think I should probably at least um, uh, play one of the things that he's in. So this is SP twelve hundred. This is the news of the Rossum reissue. This is a great video by Alex Ball, a sort of love ode to the SP twelve hundred, and it does sound good. Fat, I think, is what they say. Yeah, and, and I thoroughly recommend that you watch that video. It's a great piece by uh, Alex. Uh, definitely, um, uh, I, I should have the link. In fact, I think I've got the link, which I could probably put in there as well. There we go. I'll put that up there as well. Why not? Uh, there we are. And that will go in the chat room too. Um, big news. I mean, I've, ne I've never touched. I've never heard. I've never played. I, I think I've seen one. I think maybe Will Goldfrapp's got one. But I've never played. But uh, by all accounts, I know non-Eric is a massive fan of the SP-1200. I mean, it kind of shaped an entire generation of early hip-hop because of the quality of the 12-bit sample. And Rossum is actually uh, re-releasing. Um, uh, well, at least that's the news. I think it's today, in fact. Uh, but uh, th I think the story's there. Um, this is the price on reverb of the SP1200, which is currently somewhere between seven and 8,000 bucks. This is going to be around about 7,000 wow. bucks. Uh, it's gonna, not going to be cheap, but it's actually uh, Rossum Electro. Uh, if we go there, um, the, today at 10 p.m., uh, at 10 a.m., I believe, they're going to be starting pre-orders. He's going to be rebuilding, whether it's with the addition, with the, uh, the old uh, original hardware and chips and stuff i don't know but it's a really interesting idea i don't know um 
Rich, I mean, again, it's another classic piece of, uh, of technology that really, I mean, have you experienced any of these in the studio and sort of had the wow moment where you go, oh, now I understand why people dig this? Because I've not, and I'm just curious to, to know anybody oh, yeah. who has. All right. Oh, yeah, we had, S we had SP-1200 right upon its release. We had SP-12 before that. And uh, wonderful, wonderful design, great drum machine. Uh, I loved it at the time, had had wonderful sound, did fund the program. I believe you were able to sample into the thing in some limited way. And uh, you could play melodies on the buttons and stuff. It was cool. And uh, this is interesting that it, it falls into that same sort of product category price-wise as the Rhodes in terms of it being sort of a collector's item, uh, a vanity piece. Um, but then again, people might buy these things and take them on the road, who knows? Um, it's not I the first time. It's not the first time it's happened because they did do a 35th anniversary of it. Uh, I think uh, when was ah. it last year, and it was it okay. had. Uh, if we look at the story over here on Synthtopia, uh, it had a limited edition with updated software to support SD cards, which is a great thing. I mean, it would make sense yeah. to maybe put SD card readers in it and also maybe increase the amount of sample time you could get into a, a particular sound mm -hmm. while still using all the original uh, A to Ds and D to As, so you get the, the get the crunch but you just have more of it I don't know maybe that'll work Dave you've got fond memories uh, you know it's the, the classic hip-hop machines it's the fat beats box right yeah I mean I, I personally never used one but I've been in a, a couple of sessions I was in a session with one band I, I won't name them uh they had a gold-plated one and they were like oh. proper proper bling hip-hop you know and and it was really i mean honestly amazing because this the person had grown up as a kid using this and had obviously made uh, a reasonable amount of money well enough to gold plate it and uh he was a demon on it an absolute demon not dissimilar to alex really yeah, so not. I'm I'll just want to leave put, that hanging. Leave that hanging there. Um, got, <laughs> got your in the chat room says uh, uh, analog, analog Odyssey VST designer makes a great SP1200 filter plugin that's free and amazing. Makes everything sound like an SP1200. There we go. There's there, there's a top tip for you. I'll see if I can find the link and I'll post that in. Um, Matt something to be said for these i mean it's it's, it's the same yeah. deal isn't it it's like it's kind of people go well it seems like a lot of money for a Rhodes or a steinway but then when you're in a room with one and you hear what these things do and the way you interact with it then then perhaps you could begin to understand and i don't have that experience so i, I don't know whether yeah. you have i used one briefly and i did i did have that moment of like oh okay i get this and really what it was was that you're working with a very limited framework there's not much really you can do on it you know, and that that's kind of, it, they always say this, you know, less is more. And it really makes you work with what you've got more, if you like. And um, the 12-bit output and all that coming through, going through some juicy preamps and, uh, and a limiter, it's just like, yeah, okay, I get this now. Um, although I, I can't remember the last time I bought a sampler. Actually, I've got, I have the Bitbox sampler here, actually, in Eurorack. That's that's about, but I only bought that really for going on the road when I uh, when I play live. Uh, anything that I can't do in the modular, like some particular weird stuff that I could never recall, I put into there and I can trigger as one shots or something like that. The bit box is essentially like Ableton clip launching, 
um, and also multi-sample instrument playback. Um, but other than that, I've never really had a desire or need to get a sampler again, not a, an external one anyway. I'm quite happy using internal ones like Contact. I wasn't even um, tempted by the, was it Isla Instruments who did SP2400, the SP2400, yeah. Oh, that, they well, they, did the, uh, yeah. yeah, the F2400, which I get, I think you could, I think it had a little OLED display on it. I think you could sample into eight tracks simultaneously. I think it had a, a 12-bit lo-fi recording input and output as well as a, a hi-fi 16-bit. Yeah. I think it was 48K. Um, I wasn't even really tempted on one of them because I just, well, it, it depends on what sort of music you're making. And I guess if you was making hip-hop, I'd be going after something like this just in the same way that, you know, if uh, if I was in a band and I wanted to be Jimi Hendrix, I'd probably buy a Fender and, uh, you know, I'd be trying to go after that sort of sound. So I get I guess what it's after. But then there's part of me that thinks I'd just love to have this, uh, a mono synth, and just do an album with the, just the, oh, and the El Capistan delay. And a looper. And, 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 you know, and RC505 an Mark II, like I've just got in for review. That would, but oh, I'd suggest. I, I'd yeah. put it to you, Matt. Yeah, sequence on for that. <laughs> <laughs> just just go minimal just do something like that that'd be awesome you know yeah. um maybe i should do that i might yeah i keep talking about well there it. is I a think... concept a lot of people do concept albums where you know like alessandro cortini does one with you know just effects pedals and a uh, mc202 yeah. you know etc that sort of thing i mean it's, there's a lot to be yeah. said for it you know a lot to what be you said should for do it. nick for the next sonic uh album you should maybe choose three things like that and ship them around to each of us and we do a track with those things only and mm. and, and do that as a kind of uh, an album. See what we all do with the same equipment, you know. That's an interesting a, idea. A they, they, make noise. sampler, synth, yeah. and some effects. Make Noise do something similar, wouldn't they? They ship a case out to various different artists and then they release the, the track. Well, they did. I don't know if they still do that, but yeah. Mm. Interesting idea. Yeah. But yeah, um, if you head over to uh, Rossum Electro uh, at uh, today, uh, well, not yet, but it's 10, I guess it would be 10 a.m. maybe PST. I'm not sure. So it's going to be a little while yet, maybe a couple more hours. And you should be able to see because there's the 30th anniversary. Five minutes. Five minutes. Wow. Maybe Till we can unveil. 10 o'clock a.m. in Los Angeles. Yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe that is. Well, let's see how that goes. I don't know. That might be, that might be a thing. Uh, right. So I think we're going to get on to, uh, cause it's, it's about time. Um, I know we've got a couple of other topics, but they're also, uh, our new and quite popular pick of the week, uh, which is where our panelists get to sort of maybe pick something that's caught their eye or something they found or discovered over the last, uh, period or since they've been on, uh, where they, uh, they fancy letting people know. I'm going to come to you first, Dave, because I know that. Uh, hold on, I'm just going to find the actual. Oh, I can't find anything. Here we go. It's the <laughs> Alex Ball sound pack. That's Dave's pick. Alex Ball Mtron. So, Alex, well done, mate. Uh, this, there's a great video in here, which I think maybe if I play a little bit of it, it will give you an idea of what uh, what to expect. It's, this is an absolutely brilliant video of Alex just kind of... and the sounds he made for your Mtron Pro Pack. And this is only the half of it, including loops and all of that stuff. Uh, so the Mellotron, that weird instrument so from... Dave, this is your moment. I know you don't, you know, you're not always comfortable plugging stuff, but this is what this is what there's, you know, you haven't been on for a while, so feel free, fill your boots. No, it's the only reason I came on. No, it's well, not yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is. 
Honestly, no, I came here for the fine company. Um, well, of course, that too. Yeah, Alex. Alex. I mean, I, I can't remember when I first bumped into Alex. Uh, I can't. Actually, there's a, there's a, there's actually quite a funny story about him and I uh, uh, exchanging emails or not exchanging emails. Uh, but uh, he, he approached me when he was doing that art documentary and, and I kind of helped out a couple of bits there. He came up to the studio and whatnot. Uh, and honestly, dude, I mean, Alex, I make a joke constantly, so you have to understand this is a joke, in that Alex thinks that I like him, but actually I really don't. All I want to do is kill him, eat him and possess his power because he makes everything that he plays just sound so damn good all the time. I mean, all his videos are great, his films are great, and it's just like, you know, Sometimes I'm kind of sat there going, why? But, you know, sometimes you have albums, don't you, that you listen to and you just think, yeah, I need to quit. And Alex has done that to me on a couple of occasions when I've heard stuff that he does. But he is supremely talented and such a pleasant chap. And, uh, yeah, we decided. So the Streetly guys uh, have this thing called a Skeletron, which is essentially a completely bare-bones Mellotron with the preamp and whatnot in it. And they use that to thread tapes and create tapes for uh, restorations or even the new Mellotron or the new Mellotrons that they make, the M4000, not to be confused with the M4000D, which isn't tape-based. In fact, that's my studio. That's our studio. That's Alex in the studio there. Um, and we just kind of had this idea because obviously we've done all these streetly tapes uh, and they're very kind of strict about, you know, the demands uh, and we just had this idea that if we open it, open this whole tronizing thing up to some really cool people, uh, let's just see what happens. So we approached uh, a few people and they sent in a load of stuff. And Alex, as usual, was just like so on the money, so dedicated, so on the case. And what he sent through was like, wow, this is amazing. And then obviously all that data goes up to... Uh, Streetly, who then thread it onto tape and then they record the output. So it comes back and then it needs chopping up and then putting in the Tron Pro. But it, some of the, it, it, the, that methodology just imparts some of that kind of beautiful tape play magic that I, you know, obviously we've been fanatics about the Tron for so long. And Alex being a kind of amazing multi-instrumentalist, uh, just kind of really rose to the occasion and out of everybody that we'd approached for this kind of invited artist series Alex just kind of came through first because he's always just on the case uh, and what we did is so on the original Mark II Mellotron so there's a lot of individual chromatic sounds here and he was using all manner of stuff processing it through a load of effects he's got again it was going to tape coming back uh, but on the original Mark II Mellotron there are they have these rhythms and accompaniments. Uh, and just in a kind of mad moment, we were like, you know what, it'd be really interesting to do some other motifs within the, uh, within the kind of constraints of the, the, they're called stations. So they're set within a key, but each, an overall key, but each note you play triggers a different kind of set of chords and whatnot. And then Alex just kind of sent through some fun stuff. And we were like, this this is this is really cool because an awful lot of kind of film and tv people use the tron because it, it gives you that kind of instant vibe 
so yeah, that's it. And this is the first one. So uh, uh, when was this released? Like yesterday or something? Yeah, yesterday. I, I should point out there's a really there's a great video that goes along with it. If you go to that product page, which is the link in the show notes, I think uh, if I uh, just throw that in again, uh, it, it's there's a really good point where it's like this is what it sounds like, you know after I made it and this is what it sounds like once it's been put on tape and it's just it's really interesting the way that it uh, develops so it's just it's a fascinating video as well it's a good so yeah available now we I, did I have a couple of occasions where we kind of like so it had gone it had been tronized and it came back and we were like I know this has made it sound different but has it made it sound worse I mean because the Tron's got a very limited bandwidth and uh so on those occasions, it was like, well, let's just include them all. Let's include all the versions. So, yeah, awesome, really. Um, yeah, like I say, he thinks I like him, but I don't. <laughs> Excellent. Well, top, a top pick. Well, I suppose speaking of loops, I should at least put uh, mine up, which I think really is this guy, which is the RC505 Mark II, because I've only just discovered it. I'm just putting that as my pick of the week. Uh, obviously, there's a polybrute there, but that's beside the point. Uh, I, I can't believe I spent all this time without a looper in my life or the only looper I've had. And I'm, 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 it's it's so easy to use and so in, it integrates so well into a setup because once you've looped, it'll spit out clocks. So it'll clock other stuff. So you can actually use it to run other things outside of your loop that are just governed by the beatbox or the mumbling or whatever you did into your initial loop. It's a really, really smart thing. So uh, that's my pick. Uh, I know, Rich, you were talking about the uh, firmware version 4 uh, for the um, uh, for the Artoria Microfreak, which is also good. Have you got a Microfreak? I wasn't sure whether you had one or not. No. No, uh, I don't. Would love to and will one day, but I don't yet. No. But that's that's a pretty cool uh, piece of update. Um, so uh, uh, I, I think I did a video of that. Have I got that somewhere? Let me see if I can find it. Uh, it's it's here somewhere. Where did I put that? Oh, yeah, this one. I think that's it. And this, again, I was just putting in through a load of effects, but it's a brilliant piece of, you know, to have a bit of hardware that's actually gone that far into version. Oh, I haven't got a, a link for that. Anyway, nice choice, Rich. Um, also, Matt, you went for... Uh, now, th this one I didn't really know, so I, I'm going to put... Uh, let me see if I can find the... Uh, this is... I think I see. Oh, yeah. This is uh, basically a video by a chap called Matthew Herbert. Uh, I'm, I don't know him, but you said you're going to go... You're seeing this at Premieres tonight. You're watching the film about uh, about his work and his his art. Yeah, so the, uh, as I understand it, the way he always works is that he doesn't use any instruments, any VSTs. Everything is recorded. Um, I think he even did one album where it was just the sounds of meat. I think he, he used a pig. Oh, that's it. He had a pig. And he, uh, it's not funny actually. I'm a vegetarian, and um, he uh, he ended up chopping his pig up and sampling it and beating it and wow. slapping it and the sound of crunching his bones and stuff. Yeah, to make an album, he's he's very much into using found sounds as his primary source, I believe. And I think that's most of his most of his work comes from from that way of working. So this is happening. Um, it's actually playing tonight in Brighton. He's playing in a few selected cinemas as part of um, a film festival called Doc and Roll. And um, it just looked really interesting. I'm, I'm interested to know a little bit more about 
his workings and why he's chosen to go that way as opposed to you know buying synths and and software and, and all that and why he likes to smash up pigs and yeah, that's a bit weird. I imagine that's, I mean, that's going to give you a headline. I remember there was a few conceptual artists. Uh, I think uh, Helen Chadwick was one that would used to use kind of viscera and all sorts of things to sort of create things of beauty, which I guess is a thing. But actually, I suppose, uh, you know, if you are uh, 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 eat meat, then, you know, I guess you need to know the provenance of it. But it, it's quite a headline grabber, that one, and maybe m- might not make might make him a bit controversial. But it looks very yeah, interesting. It's a very interesting I th- idea. Uh, I think to- if I seem to remember Scott, Scott Walker, I think he had a song. I think he recorded it in Metropolis and he ended up with a, a dead animal that he was just literally smacking. And it was mic'd with ambient microphones. I, I forget the name oh, of the track. Weird. But you, when you know what it is and you hear it, you have this connection with it that you you probably won't get if it you know if it's just sound of someone slapping their hands or whatever and it's yeah it's full on yeah yeah anyway love to see that tonight i'll (laughs) let you know okay Okay. (laughs) wow okay that's a kind of slightly random anyway um i suppose uh we are probably at the end it feels like it so rich what's next for you are you back out on the on 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 the on the stage again soon have you got some uh, christmas or whatever autumnal winter gigs coming up um next week i'm traveling to an undisclosed location to play a private show for an undisclosed client whom i don't even know the name of and uh so next week i'll be traveling uh down and back for a show and um other than that i've got uh, my own production work to do here but uh i'm quite looking forward to the holidays and happy to be happy to be yeah i know i totally get that so i, I know uh dave you're also uh i know you're insanely busy but as again we never push you on what because uh that's been that's been an issue in the past you can't you can't have you promising. soluble bricks Soluble bricks. Okay, brilliant. That's Diversifying. You've <laughs> <laughs> gone out of software into actual hardware items, yeah. <laughs> building building yeah. stuff, yeah. Well, sounds like an interesting diversion. But lovely to have you, David. Much appreciated. Um, Thank you. And thanks for Good plugging fun. the... Uh, if you go to g4software.com, which I think is underneath there, you can find uh, all the information you need about uh, the new Alex Ball Sound Pack, which uh, was Dave's pick of the week, and quite rightly so. And, of course, um, Matt, nice to have you. So a lot of stuff happening for you. You've got a new release, uh, and you've got... Um, what else is happening? Uh, yeah, there's that video on Friday. Uh, I've got this to finish putting together. And then I'll start doing some more live streaming and stuff with it. Because everything's in one place now, doing a live stream is going to be really easy. You know, doing a patch from scratch sort of thing. So uh, there's going to be some more of that. And putting together this video as well for you, for everyone who's interested to, to kind of know about like the analytics and how successful or unsuccessful this releasing one track a month has been uh, for an independent artist. So I'll, I'll jump on that too. But great to be I, back. Lovely to be hanging with the guys. I've just got, I've just got a question for you about your setup at the back there. Cause it's against the wall. How can you don't have, you haven't got many options for reverse angles. So you have to go, I suppose it makes sense that you'll be facing at it, but there, there won't be any moody what? shots of you. No, I've got, I've got a GoPro um i've got a gopro up there side shot and then i have another one this way and i've got this kind of roaming one as well that's on that moves on this rail which i can just put anywhere so i've got side shots 
I, I've actually got another GoPro and one of those helmet things you can ah, wear. Ah, yeah, that makes sense. But I just can't bring myself to wear it. Really. <laughs> you well, know, just... you can put, you can mount, you can mount them on. Uh, you get chest mount ones, and you oh, can yeah. also mount them on your wrist, which is what I was using. So you can have it here, where you kind of actually. You know, it would be a wide shot right. of you actually reaching in and, and turning that dial. That's that might be worth considering. I think you could get you could buy those kind of GoPro mounting kits for like twenty quid. And they've got all sorts of attachments, and yeah. it might be worth looking at that. Definitely. Wicked. Yeah, I'll give that a go. But uh, yeah, I'll try and do a live stream maybe over the weekend with, when this case is all full. Uh, so, You've got yeah, what's that central see. strip? Have you got that? Is it that? Uh, um, oh, what's the format? The the kind of mini one the, uh, that goes along the middle. Oh, one U. Yeah. Yeah, so I've got a three U, three U, one U, and then three U, three U. So I find the one U is really useful for all the kind of um, utilities, little mixers, um, gates. Who and yeah, who or, makes those? There's a company that makes quite a lot of uh, modules for that, isn't it? I'm trying to remember what. The yeah, name so is. there's Pulp Logic, um, and then there's Intelligel. They're Intelligel, the main ones that do a it, lot yeah, of the one yeah. U. Yeah, but they're slightly different sizes. There's a bit of a rift, if you really want to know. A bit of a boring oh, story. Everyone will no. know about this in the URAC community. But Intelligel are saying that one U is a particular size, and then Pulp Logic are saying it's a different size. And oh, I just man. wish that everyone, I wish they'd just get into bed and agree it out and fight it out or whatever. So isn't it 19 inch one U? Isn't that the, what you would use? Yeah, mm. I would use one U. I mean, I've actually got a tape measure with one U's on it, uh, you know, increments. And uh, it's one U is one U. You know, it's like saying <laughs> one centimetre is not one centimetre. So <laughs> I don't know what's oh, going on. Oh, wow. Okay, Somebody well, thank, thank you, everybody. It's been a pleasure uh, to have you all here. Um, to have a fours up and everybody available. It's always nice. So thank you all. And thank you, everybody who's uh, joined in the chat room, the dis you know, and the Discord, and all of those places. Much appreciated. But uh, that's it for this week. Uh, we'll say goodbye. And if you uh, are one of our higher tier patrons, your name should appear any second now. So that's it. Sonic Talks over. Thank you very much. See you next time. Bye-bye now.